and be sure to access the link in this episode for access to all its giving content. What's up, y'all? Welcome to It's Giving, where we discuss the latest in TV and film. This is your host, Brandon the Introvert. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the fucking series finale of Atlanta. It was all a dream. Directed by Hiro Morai and written by Donald Glover. So this (laughs) is the series finale of Atlanta. I... We are here. Like, y'all remember when I was doing season three and season four for all 10 of y'all that's been watching and listening? <laughs> um, Because I do. And it's crazy to think I-, I was doing all of that this year. Like, when I was covering season three, that, that felt like a year or so ago, two years ago, maybe. But that was definitely like this spring, if not, yeah, this spring, this winter-ish. So the fact that now we not only did we finish season three, but we finished season four as well is really, really, really crazy. And the fact that this show is officially over is also really insane. And it, of course, has me thinking, what what's his next project? But yeah, we are at the series finale. This one was a Darius-centric one. We've had a lot of episodes where it was either about the main character's relationships to other people like Ern and Van or Ern and Al's fam, Ern and Al and their family, Ern, Al, just, you know, by themselves. And, you know, maybe Darius as a side plot, but we never got like a full on Darius plot, like, especially where it's like the main plot that's going on. I feel like we rarely get that. But the ones that are Darius-centric really, I feel like, takes the series, or the series takes those episodes and just, like, with the Teddy Perkins one, and, yeah, is there a lot of Darius-centric episodes? The one where he was taking urn, and they had to trade all that shit. But, yeah, I feel like we don't get many Darius-centric episodes, actually, now that I'm, like, thinking about it. He's always kind of, like side questing it up with one of the characters or he's just with one of the characters all the time but i don't think we ever get like darius you know so this was pretty cool that they closed out the series with darius and the concept of reality and i don't even want to call well fantasy or how about this reality versus i don't want to call it fantasy because i feel like that's a whole nother thing but What's real and what's not real is called into question, which is perfect because the fabric of the show is this very surrealist type of vibe where you don't know, like it's real, like it's reality, but things can be augmented, things can be altered, things can, things that would never happen, happen. So you actually like throughout the whole series, you don't really know if you're in reality or not. And I feel like that's always tested and always challenged. So the fact that that was kind of the, the, the heart of the series finale was very fitting actually. And the fact that you have Darius as the vehicle for that was also very fitting because Darius, as y'all know, like Darius creates his own world. He, he even brought up the fact that like we're in a simulation and see champagne poppy. So I feel like 
it just made all the sense to have Darius as that like figure, that representation for deciding what is real to you and what isn't and just doing things the way you want to. So we let's just start off the episode. So we start off with just Darius listening to some music, uh, watching Al and Ern just talk it up. And as he's watching them talk, he's watching Judge Judy. And we think really nothing of it um, until later on. But uh, Ern ends up interrupting Darius and just says, like, make sure you go to the sushi rest. They're going to the sushi restaurant. Apparently it's Van's, Van's friend invested in it. And it's a Black-owned sushi spot. And the person that owns it, the sushi chef, trained under these sushi masters in actual Japan. So it's going to be a big deal. He just tells Darius, you know, make sure you go. So Darius agrees, of course, and says he'll go after his sensory deprivation. Now, sensory deprivation, it seems like, from my understanding, you're in like a pod or you're in some something, some span of water and you're kind of enclosed in it. No sound, no imagery, no nothing. You're kind of in darkness. And it seems like you're underwater. Are you supposed to be underwater? I don't know. I don't know. I've never done it before. I would try it once, but I don't know. I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. I had a friend that said they did it and it's pretty cool, but I don't know. I'm a little scared, but yeah. So Darius, of course, has a sensory deprivation uh, appointment, which makes all the sense for him. Before he goes, he ends up at a pharmacy and he's picking up prescriptions for someone named, uh, I think he pronounced it as easy, but I think it's as a, I don't know. It might be just easy, but easy E and oh, huh, huh. Huh. I just realized maybe oh hmm. Was that a reference to Easy E? I feel like the picture that they showed, I gotta go back and look at that picture, but I feel like it was Easy E-ish, the picture of his brother, but we don't know that's his brother yet. But he's picking a prescription and he runs into a woman that overhears him saying, you know, I gotta pick up these prescriptions to before I go to my sensory depth you know, whatever. So she asked about it and it's Cree Summer. I knew I like that voice. I feel like if you grew up in the nineties, if you even grew up in the eighties, you know, from different world, but definitely the nineties and two thousands, like, you know, Cree Summer, you grew up with Cree Summer. She was your favorite cartoons voice or one of your favorite cartoons voice, like the voice actress for one of your favorite cartoons. Um, so it was really cool. It was just cool. Like, I feel like she definitely brought kind of that woo-woo calm spirit that was a good choice that was a good choice but yeah they go they talk about sensory deprivation during the pharmacy talk uh with Darius and Cree Summer's character he tells her that he has a way of differentiating reality from the fake and it's imagining a thick Judge Judy a thick like with the titties, with the ass, all of that, just a thick ass Judge Judy, and that wakes him up. That's how that's his that's how he can tell he's dreaming, pretty much. And uh Cree Summers character says she had to stop that because she started to question like what's real and what's not, like wasn't able to perceive reality from just the the dream state that she was in in the sensory deprivation tank. Darius asked, like, you know, is it for anxiety like are you getting prescriptions for anxiety is it for anxiety and she says 
you know, I'm getting a prescription for my baby antibiotics, but she has tried like different medications. Zoloft right here. I have tried Zoloft. Um, I forget the other medication, but she's tried medications, but she says the life that she lives now that according to her is mostly vegan works for her. Her baby father thinks she's crazy, but she gives some really sage advice. And I feel like that's definitely what Darius lives by. She tells him like, she at first viewed the world and this reality as a battle. And like what she says, in many ways it is, it is a battle, but she gets to choose and not only just chooses, but she demands that she be able to exist in this world in the way she wants to and how she wants to. You can tell that really hit home for Darius. Cause I, like I've always said, he's reached Nirvana. He creates his own world. Uh, he's very, and that's what makes him peculiar. He's in his own reality, you know. So I feel like that was definitely very affirming to him, and affirming to his entire existence, because he just does what he wants to do. And they had a really, they had a really, really honest conversation, and they're definitely kindred spirits. And I kind of sense a little flirtatious, kind of flirty shit going on, just a little bit. But you know, Darius thanks her for the advice and whatnot, and says she has a beautiful spirit, and ends up leaving. Darius then, as he's leaving the the pharmacy, he runs into one of his friends, London, who's the say she's the the actress that plays London is also the actress on Abbott Elementary uh, who plays Amber, one of the kids' moms, and, and she's also always hitting on Gregory. Not always, but got a flirtatious relationship with Gregory. So I knew I, I knew her voice sounded very familiar. She just didn't look. She's always, she got them baby hairs laid and stuff on Abbott Elementary, but she seemed familiar, so I'm glad I looked her up. But yeah, uh, Darius's friend, London, who seems to be like one of his homegirls from Atlanta and is very wild, drinking and driving, getting stopped by the cops, drinking that bottle of vodka, passing the sobriety test, but then stealing the gun. It was just a lot going on. But from this relationship, it kind of, I feel like throughout this episode, shed a little bit of light on Darius's history. We know Al and Earn, where they came from, and even Van to an extent. But Darius, all we know is like he's Nigerian. We don't know, we haven't heard nothing about his parents, his family members, where he came from, his friends outside of Earn and uh, Al. Like we don't know much about him. So London is definitely one of the pieces of the puzzle. And yeah, they ju they just seem to have like some very wild moments back in the day. So it was cool seeing that, but she was really wild. But that whole scene was just a lot of fun and it was just funny as hell. So after London takes the gun and does all that shit with the cops, she, yeah, she ends up running away. She ends up running away, blaming Darius, saying this is his fault. And Darius then uh, wakes up from the sensory deprivation tank. Now, I don't know if London is someone that's passed. I don't know if she passed because of Darius. Like, maybe he thinks that's his fault for whatever happened to her. Is she still alive? Is she still in Atlanta? I don't know. I don't know. So 
Uh, honestly, I still don't know her part in Darius's life per se, or at least how significant she is and whether she's alive or not. And even the point of having her in this episode, but London obviously is a very important part in Darius's life. I just don't know the exact details of how, but does Atlanta ever give you details? No. So Darius ends up waking up from sensory deprivation tank and turns out he was dreaming. Uh, we can assume he was dreaming about the pharmacy and of course that encounter with London. So, so Ern and Al, they're walking up to the sushi restaurant. And like I said, it's black owned. Ern says, you know, having Al slash Paperboy patronizing them, patronizing the restaurant will be really good for business and just really good overall, just supporting a black business and um, black sushi business at that. Because, of course, I would imagine there's not a lot. But we see the sushi restaurant. It's in an abandoned blockbuster's across the street from a Popeye's and Al the whole time is just staring at that Popeye's and immediately wants to go to it right after the sushi restaurant. And yeah, they, they end up going, Al is still annoyed as they sit down. Also, this is important. Ern goes up to Van and kisses her and claims her as his boo, like calls her boo. And like, this is, we haven't seen them affectionate in a while. And you could tell from that gutter snipe episode they're gonna make it they're gonna they're partners they're life partners now and it's really cute to see that but they sit down and van assures al that you know we're gonna go to popeyes after this you know like don't worry about it she wants to go to popeyes as well they just need to do what they need to do and then they can get past all of this shit and uh al agrees so darius ends up at his what we find out is his brother's house and his brother is sick. We don't know if the brother has cancer or some other, you know, illness, but we know the brother is sick and it's severe enough to the point where, you know, the brother needs his prescriptions delivered and he's just not well. And yeah, this is the first time we've seen or heard of Darius's family member at all. So it was really sad. It was really, really sad. Um, you could tell at that point it wasn't reality. Just just the vibe of it wasn't reality at all. But Darius goes to catch up a little bit and drop off the prescription. And he asks for, oh, well, the brother gives him some gel off. And as he's in the kitchen getting it for him, Darius is just like, hey, how you know, how's mom and dad? How are things? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like answering. Like Darius is like answering himself as if he heard a voice reply to him. Or he already heard his brother's voice reply to him with his questions. But we don't hear anything. And he is just looking at old pictures of his parents, his brother. And it's really sad. Because at this point, you already know, like, it seems like his brother has already passed. And he's going back into his memories for some piece of like familiarity or comfort even. Yeah, it was just very sad. It was very sad seeing that. Cause like once again, we don't get that we don't get a lot of sides of Darius, you know? So well, as Darius is looking at the pictures, he then starts watching Judge Judy and we see her get up and turn around and she thick as shit. It's her her ass is thick, all of that. 
And Darius is like, damn. And his brother like is appears out of nowhere and like agrees of the thickness, basically. But as we all know, thick Judge Judy means that he's dreaming. So he wakes up again from that tank. And as he wakes up, the one of the uh, sensory deprivation employees tells Darius, you know, asks Darius, you know, do you want to go to the tea room just to cool down or whatever? And it's this weird scene where Darius is in the tea room with these three white women and they're just like, the tea room. I just love the tea room. I love drinking tea in the tea room, the tea room. And Darius just straight up asks, like, why are you saying, even the employee was talking about, do you want to eat, do you want to drink tea in the tea room, go to the tea room? So everybody is just saying tea room. It gives me like Alice in Wonderland, uh, Mad Hatter, kind of where especially with those three old white ladies like everybody's just mad and not mad but like crazy and just speaking in nonsense and it's just not real it just doesn't feel real so it really feels like some alice in wonderland type shit darius ends up just saying why the fuck do y'all, like why do y'all keep saying tea room he ends up shaking one of the old women and he gets kicked out so back at the sushi restaurant they're just not enjoying it that the they gotta sit down i mean like not even sit down they don't there's no chairs like you gotta sit on the floor pretty much or at least there's yeah there's no chairs they uh one of the chefs is preparing a sushi with his bare hands the Popeyes are still calling their name no one is in the restaurant it's just not fun it's just not a great dining experience pretty much for them uh, and Al's at his limit once they started offering him some poisonous blowfish. And he is about to go to Popeye's until the owner comes out of nowhere and just like he goes on this long rant or rant speech, maybe, about how during Queen and Slim, it was a bunch of black people at the sushi restaurant trying to support a black business after seeing the black movie and whatnot and coming in with good intentions but 15 minutes later they end up all leaving and going to the Popeyes and he just goes on to say like preparing and they also complained about warm sushi but saying sushi at room temperature preparing sushi with your hands all of these things are typical like it's typical of a sushi restaurant but he claims because they're black it's that's when it starts to they're viewed with another they're viewed with a different type of standard it's viewed differently it's viewed as like abnormal you can't trust it what have you even though everything in there is on authentic authentic and he's trained with the best of the sushi masters and black owned but yet black people can't sit down and just enjoy a different dining experience or a different experience and you know invest and patronize in black businesses even though black businesses is such like support black businesses like you know everybody wants to do that but at the end of the day he's saying they go to Popeyes which is owned by Italian and they use imagery of a black woman <laughs> claiming that's her recipe and claiming that she you know benefits from it as he says and the food is just nothing but fried and battered fast food. And it's, once again, not owned by Black people, even though they're using Blackness as their image and as their brand. So, but he says Black people continue to flock towards uh, Popeyes. And we can assume businesses like Popeyes. And 
he just gets infuriated. He says at the end of the day, it's because black people don't trust other black people, which which is true. I I'll explain that later, but which is true. And he gets so upset to the point where he blocks and barricades the door and tries to force them to eat until Darius comes out of nowhere, punches the shit out of the owner, gets the gang, and drives off in a pink Maserati and has Popeyes waiting for them in the car. And it was a very, like, it was, you could tell that singular moment with them in the car enjoying the Popeyes was definitely one of their last adventures that we'll see on TV. And it just, I feel like it did a good job of like showing the bond in the group dynamic between these four. It was a nice, like, it was a farewell. It was a cool farewell. And by the time they get to the spot, they asked Darius, like, where the fuck did you get a pink Maserati from? Like, and he claims that he stole it because he's not in reality. The police won't get him because this isn't real. He'll, he's going to wake up any moment in a sensory depth tank. But Ern says, like, no, this is reality, nigga. Like, you won't be able to, like, what? This is, this is, this, this is reality. Like, this isn't, you know, fake. But Darius continues to believe that, you know, he's not in reality. This is his own mind at work. And he's still in the sensory depth tank. So they go on to smoke, uh, Ern, Allen, Van, and Darius is watching Judge Judy. And as he's doing it, we see this close-up, and he ends up smiling. We don't know, and he ends up smiling, and then the episode closes. So we don't know whether Judge Judy turned out to be thick or not. We know he woke up about twice from not being in reality, from being in the sensory depth tank. So then after the second time, we don't know, we actually don't know whether it could be reality or not, especially with the Judge Judy, the Judge Judy, we don't know if she thick or not, pretty much. And that was the test to, you know, where you know whether you're in reality or not. So overall, I feel like, I feel like, like I said before, Atlanta has a very meshy fabric in the sense that not only is it different genre, not only is it different style, but different style almost each epi- uh, every other, um, almost every other episode. But we don't know if we're in reality or not, or we're in some type of quasi reality, and that's evident throughout the whole each and every episode and the whole series. Definitely starting, really being obvious with the the. Uh, black Justin Bieber, but really obvious with the invisible car. Because, you know, you can do a black Justin Bieber, that could be satire, or you can, you know, it could be an alternate reality. Even the Lemon Pepper Wings, like when they opened it, it was all like, you know, there was a light shining on them as if it was like golden or like glowing. Like you can do that. You can augment reality, maybe like you can exaggerate it. But that invisible car shit, now we're like, okay are we in reality? You know, it it makes you question. You question that all the time. So with this show. So I think it was very fitting. And I feel like the finale of every show ends up taking home what it was all about in the first place. And I feel like that's what Atlanta, one of the things it was always about, kind of making you question what's real and what's not. Now, with the sushi restaurant, I think that was kind of a, that was an allegory to 
kind of just like I feel like Donald Glover was definitely trying to say something about his own art and what he puts out and how it might not be palatable at first to black people or even definitely not even familiar to black people but he's definitely trained with the best of them to create authentic stories and authentic art but at the end of the day i don't know if he's commenting black people brother just watch tyler perry or watch not tyler perry or watch um things that pose itself as black but really isn't and that not just that is just very cheap and very like it will just satisfy you in the moment so i don't know if he was talking about his own creations or his own productions or just the wider like the wider landscape of black entertainment slash art that is just like kind of revolutionary just different and how black people just were not prone to trying out different things we rather go into these familiar brands that we know but ironically aren't black even though we kind of think it is so I, it, it's a lot of things it's a lot of places you can go with that uh Popeye sushi restaurant allegory that's the way in which I took it but I'm curious to see what y'all think about it um but beyond that I feel like we I feel like there wasn't much to say in terms of the characters because I mean not not just not only is it the finale but we kind of see earn have his closing out where you know he's going to therapy he's trying to be a better person a better partner better everything he's living the, he's going to live out his life with van and lottie in california al we can assume is going to live out his life as paperboy slash al has a safe farm he's content with his life and darius is going to keep living in the reality that he chooses to live in so I think everybody's stories and everybody's places in life were kind of closed out in a very like cool, subtle way. And I, for one, have to sit down and marinate a little bit more about Atlanta, uh, the series finale, and probably will rewatch season one and season two with now the finale has already taken place and just have that like full circle perspective. So I'm probably going to do that myself, but these are just my initial thoughts and breakdown of what the finale gave. Now, maybe should I do a season four recap? Mm, I'll talk about season four now. I feel like season four was definitely a traditional, like, let's go back to how we did things. Uh, I feel like very much season two, different in theme, but same in like style um and just more toned down i think it was much more toned down there were some like high energy moments in this season but it was on some calm like this is it like this is the final season you either watch it you don't we don't give a fuck but we're done we're finished and our fans the atlanta fans will love i feel like they they're gonna love season four they're gonna love season four but that's all i have for y'all I am now, I plan on starting these Atlanta TikToks and we're going to see what comes from that. And we're going to shift to films. 
we're going to shift to films. And, yeah, just be sure to like, subscribe, comment, the huge. And this was a very fun journey. Shout out for Evie for helping me with the uh, episode of season four. Thank you for that. I really, you, you really made that episode one of the best episodes I've done on this podcast. Uh, me for me personally, so far, yeah. I'm, I feel like all of y'all are gonna catch up on season four down the line, but not right now, and that's fine. But yeah, uh, look forward to my next shit, and. Yeah, this shit was fun. Bye, y'all.